Back to the crossover podcast where we get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is sports time as we will be talking Aki 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 in what is now the 250th episode of the crossover podcast. Now, if you're looking for episode 249, well, we lost it. We definitely uh, recorded it, or we thought we did, and we tried to record it, and unfortunately, uh, you'll have to go to, I guess, Twitter to get my brief thoughts on The Punisher Season 2. Uh, not great, Bob, is the uh, is the summation I'll uh, give on that. But we're going to be, like, as discussed, I'll be talking Aki Aki Aki, and uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, trade deadline talk, and then mm-hmm. we're going to get into some of the... Uh, we're we're going to take a look back and see how we're doing and some of the bets that we placed at the beginning of the season. Uh, joining me today, and the trade deadline always marks the uh, start of a new year for the Crossover Podcast, fifth year is starting right now and joining me is craig needles the man who was on the very first podcast of the crossover podcast how are you craig i'm lovely thank you all right and not to spoil something from later in the podcast Mm -hmm. but uh fixing to be a lot better seeing as how uh it is february the 20 well it was february the 25th when Mm -hmm. uh Mathematics would tell us that the Anaheim Ducks were not going to get 97 points. Yeah. We had a pretty good idea for some time, but now they could literally win the rest of their games, and I would uh, still yeah. be wealthier than I was before the start of the season. Yeah, that was our that was our number one with a bullet was the the uh-huh. Anaheim Ducks and John, like John Gibson. God bless him. He tried to scare us a little bit there with that. He little, did little in bit November of trophy run run there. Yeah, yeah. like uh, God God bless him, but uh, gave us a scare for about half a second Always there. Always but... bet against Randy Carlisle has been my lesson. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love that we could actually check that one off. Like, I because I, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do the. Um, we did it with the uh, on the NFL. If you listen to the NFL pods, we did it. We did the check in around week ten to see how we were doing, and we declared my Carolina Panthers. Absolutely no way you win this one, Matt. And then it happened. Uh, turns out Cam Newton's shoulder was messed up, but uh, it's fun that we get to check in and be like, hey, and the Anaheim. rest of the team yeah. wasn't that good. True. It could be. <laughs> hey, Anaheim. What do we think of them? Right. Like, yeah. Um. So NHL trade deadline a little bit more eventful than um, that's been a good couple of weeks. Yeah, it was uh, it was funny though because the actual trade deadline day, like it's it's always a joke up here for those who who might be listening and not uh, Kenyatta um, might not be privy to kind of how hilarious the coverage is up here on on the three letter and the eight letter how. They, you know, they have these big expensive productions that go on for for eight hours. Uh, like they start at eight and they go all the way to the to the deadline ends at three, and then a couple hours afterwards. And then if you're on the three letter, you go right into a Leafs game sometimes, right? So, so they're there for like a long, long time. And I mean, usually not a lot. To, usually, like less than nothing happens. Is the is the norm for the first for few yeah. hours? Yeah, yeah. And 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 this is to, to me like. And we're getting a little bit behind the curtain from a broadcast perspective here. Mm-hmm. But this is where if you work at TSN or you work at Sportsnet, you should just have a conversation. I promise not to start till 11 of you guys don't. Yeah, possibly. Or, and here's the other thing that I would consider doing if I were TSN mm-hmm. is just because their numbers are so much better than Sportsnet for this yeah. this event usually because people trust McKenzie more than they do anyone else that works to sport. Even though Elliot Friedman's quite good, but TSN's yeah. people are better. Mm-hmm. Um, just say, you know what? We're starting at 11. Yeah. And you guys can tune in then. Yeah. And, you know, you can watch them for the first couple hours or whatever. But then when when the actual trades are happening, you can come watch us. Yeah. And that, that's, I don't know. The, the, this is just broadcast stuff. But uh, the moral of the story is, does it need to run from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m.? No, it does not. No, it, it, it absolutely does not. And, and it was funny because, like, Again, nothing went on for about the first five hours of the broadcast. Right? As then, is tradition, yes. Yeah, and then, Every now and then you get like mm-hmm. a year where like there's a big deal that happens in the morning. Yeah. But usually usually if, it, if, if a guy who's one of the big guys is still available at 8 a.m., mm-hmm. typically that means you're still soliciting offers until noon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's a, the moral of the story is – uh, they have nothing to talk about. What was there? There was one deal. Oh yeah, the Keith Kincaid trade. That was yeah. basically all they had for the first three hours. So mm-hmm. good job, or good job, everybody. That was great. <laughs> yeah, talking about Kincaid for three hours. At a certain point, Sportsnet because they had uh, Steve Dangle on 
on this year. He's actually been doing yeah. a lot of stuff for them because he's been. Yes, on, and, uh, and I, I really like Steve, surfing. and yeah. I've I've met Steve a couple of times, and he's a good guy. Yeah, uh, I st- it's still uh, it, it still didn't get me onto uh, onto that particular. No, channel. No, but like I honestly thought at one point they were just like gonna have steve dangle tap dance and i don't mean that as a euphemism i mean they were just literally gonna have him start tap dancing because they were like we got nothing else steve (laughs) and and it was just like all right uh okay um like obviously i would have enjoyed that but uh it's well let's actually get into some of the trades let's go back to february 22nd which was a few days before the deadline and kind of would you say the duchene deal was the biggest of the day or the biggest of the the dead quote-unquote trade deadline I'm not even sure it was the biggest trade the Ottawa Senators made. Fair. Uh, No, I think it was second, though. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, good for Columbus. If you go to uh, Columbus's cap friendly page where they have sort of the 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 running track of the draft picks, Don't you have to go like three years ahead or something to see. Uh, yeah, some basically, <laughs> th- th- this is the situation for Columbus because they go out and they get Duchesne and they get Ryan Dezingle and they get Adam McQuaid. I don't understand why they felt that Adam McQuaid was going to be an upgrade, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and they also uh, didn't trade Panarin and didn't trade Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. So. You look at the Blue Jackets cap friendly page, and basically, if you're a scout for the Columbus Blue Jackets, if that's your job, I think you should just say to them, hey, trade the third round and the seventh round pick we have, and just let us go on vacation. Let's not even go to the draft. Yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> why, why go to this? Yeah. If Matt Duchesne re-signs with the Columbus Blue Jackets, which that, that, there's obviously a, a decent chance of. Guys mm-hmm. go to Columbus and seem to like it, unless you're Panarin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if, if that happens, the Columbus Blue Jackets, between, for the next 10 rounds of the NHL draft, so the seven rounds this year and the first three rounds of next year, for the next 10 rounds of the NHL draft, the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to select twice. Ugh. Um. I applaud the the cojones of of Yarmo Kekalainen, right? Like, like at, at this point, you just I, I kind of I get it. It's a small market team. They've got a window here. Of oh no, I couldn't year, agree right? more. And just push the chips in the yeah. center, and you look at the rest of the mm-hmm. division, yep. and you think to yourself, it's there. It's there we the don't taking. need much to get to the conference finals. No. If Columbus was in the Atlantic division, this is a different conversation. Absolutely. Oh shit, we have to beat two of Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Boston mm-hmm. to get out of this. That's a different conversation than what. Like you could argue that Columbus is not just the best team in the. Uh, Metro division right now, but clearly the best team. The New York Islanders are in first place in that division, and that team's not very good. No, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna whoever the Islanders are facing, I'm probably gonna have the other team at six. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that right now. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. yeah it depends. I, I yeah. but like if if the Islanders in round one play Carolina, mm-hmm. like Carolina's much better than they are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, significantly better than they are. Uh, so yeah, I just the Duchesne thing. Um, I have a hot take for you. Like this, this I, I haven't heard a lot of people kicking this, but this, this is kind of Matt Pierce's uh, hot take, and we can have the discussion of uh, who you think won trade deadline, uh, twenty nineteen. I think it was Vegas, but please continue. Fair. I I would like to make a case for Pierre Dorian, who has obviously been getting shit on for. Two years now, you would say. Yes. Oh, two. Years. Well, keep in mind that the Ottawa mm-hmm. Senators. Not this past playoffs, but the playoffs before were one final. goal away yeah. from the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. They were in overtime of Game Seven, mm-hmm. and they—I'm pretty sure Dorian was like one of the. Did, wasn't there like a three that that stupid GM of the year award? Wasn't it like him, Chiarelli, and and yeah, there's a stupid other. GM. Of the year. Yeah. yeah, so he would have been one of them, but it doesn't matter. The the no. point is, he was considered to be a relatively smart guy up until about December of 2017 mm-hmm. because even with the Duchesne deal people thought okay Ottawa's getting the best player in this trade and yeah they give up tourists and they give up uh, Bowers and uh, a future first but whatever this team was in the conference finals last year things are going well Pierre Dorian, Dorian to, in, in his defense didn't understand that the Mike Hoffman Eric Carlson thing was going to just destroy yeah. the locker room. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that was going to happen. He had a pretty good idea that Eugene Meldick was remarkably cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I, actually, I don't even know if cheap's the right word. He just simply does not have enough money to own an NHL team. Mm-hmm. Uh, nonetheless, 
I, I don't. I think that he was painted into a corner by things that are not his fault. Mm-hmm. Is what happened here. So he did an okay job as far as getting assets back, considering that there were a lot of things that he could have done that didn't happen um, because of the fact that he's not allowed to bring money back. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. Like, would the Ottawa Senators have been a better team this season if they were allowed to bring money back? Like, guys that actually made NHL salaries or decent-sized NHL salaries when they traded Eric Carlson? I would say probably. Like, I think that's pretty clear. Um, so, yeah, it's just um, it's just a mess. And I've... Uh, he, he did as good a job as he could considering how I, – I, I think that might be the worst ownership situation in North American sports. You have more incompetent owners. I think that's clear. But that's the worst ownership sort of situation in North American sports. I think that, that much is obvious. Yeah, you said incompetent owners, and my, my brain immediately went to, to Dolan and the Knicks, right? Right. And, and, yep. But, like, Dolan's more, like, so hands-off, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And he, not only is he hands-off, but, like – you're never gonna have a situation where whoever's running the Knicks says, "Oh, we need some cash." Like, like Kevin Durant's yeah. summer. Hey, we need some cash to pay Kevin Durant. You're not gonna have Dolan say, uh, "I don't know." Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, let's just say, who's like, uh, I was gonna say, who, who are the big free agents summer? But they all literally just played for Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Panarin. Yeah. Let's just say that Artemi Panarin, who thinks Columbus is boring, yeah. somehow wouldn't think Ottawa's boring. I know that seems stupid, but bear yeah. with me for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is if a hypothetical. <laughs> Artemi Panarin said, "Yeah, said you know what? I, I really just I want to play for the Ottawa Senators. That's the the the, the, the place I want to be. It's a good community. Blah 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 blah. Um, sign me to an eight-year, sixty-four million-dollar deal. I think it's pretty clear that Eugene or seven-year, sixty-four million-dollar deal, whatever. It is. I think it's pretty clear that Eugene Melnick would say no mm-hmm. because he can't afford it." Yeah. Mark Stone is about to sign an eight-year, $9 million a year extension with the Vegas Golden Knights. I think that is a remarkably reasonable extension because it's probably one of the five or six best wingers in the NHL. That is a remarkably reasonable... And Mark Stone's 26. That is a remarkably reasonable contract extension. The Senators had a talk with Stone's agent. There's no way that Stone's agent didn't say you can get this done for $8 million for eight years and nine million a year because he's just he's about to accept that from Las Vegas in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. How do the Ottawa Senators think to themselves, you know what, no, we're doing that. Unless Stone just said to himself, I'm not signing with Ottawa no matter what, which maybe he did, but that's not what he was saying in the media. He said he stable, all that stuff. Unless Stone said, I'm not signing with Ottawa no matter what the dollars are, it's pretty clear that a team owned by Eugene Melnick cannot afford to to have star NHL players. And if you can't have star NHL players, you the you just simply won't be successful. Yeah. That that's all there is. Because like we'll see what Eric Carlson signs for, but I would think that he was willing to give them a relatively nice discount because he liked Ottawa so much and the whole thing fell apart. So may, it, it just it, if if I were a Senators fan, I'd be mortified by the entire series of events here. Yeah, I mean it's 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 awful. And, and like we, you mentioned Mark Stone re-signing there. We're in year two of Las Vegas, Craig. Like, like we're the, we're at the year and a half mark right now of Las Vegas, and Las Vegas is already yep. considered a destination that free agent guys w- want to go. And that's... Yeah, it turns like, out, well, yeah. the ownership there is great. Mm-hmm. That's something that Mark Stone has been talking about. And not only is the ownership great, but you've got a situation where they, they've also got a pretty good hockey team who, uh, by the percentages, they've actually been relatively unlucky this season. Mm-hmm. Yet they have been quite competitive, mostly because Marc-Andre Fleury has been really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, the situation they're in. And, and, and good for them. They've built something that people want to be part of quick. Now, that... that they expansion uh, building pattern uh, for good reason because they got a bunch of really good players for free so they're like all right let's just jo- let's just try to add more players to this and see if we can get back to the Stanley Cup final but there might be some hell to pay in a little bit because there just isn't going to be that pipeline of young talent because I've traded a lot of guys yeah they've got good class and the like but uh, bear with me for a sec um, the, the the price they paid for Pacioretty and the price they paid for Thomas Tatar who turned into Pacioretty and the price yeah. they paid for Mark Stone those have been some significant prices and that's what you can do if you've got those type of assets which Vegas does and did 
but uh, it's a different building pattern than your typical expansion franchise, but that's okay because Vegas hockey games are a destination now. People want to go there. They want to be part of it. Fans are into it. It's really, really cool, and it's as good an expansion success story as you've had, not just on the ice but off the ice. So when you can get Mark Stone into the fold and you're going to have him for $9 million a year for the next eight years, and we're talking about ages 27 through 35, so it's not disaster zone contract, but there might be some not great years in there. But the moral of the story is this is going to be a competitive group for a while. They probably have to trade a winger this summer because I don't know if you can have $7 million for Patch Ready, 5 for Marcia Show, 5 for Smith, and 9 for Stone. You might have to trade one of those guys this summer. Uh, but the, the moral of the story is they're, they're, in, they're in a nice spot here. And uh, I don't know if they get out of the Pacific again, but they're not an easy outcome playoff time. And they're probably going to be not an easy outcome playoff time for the next few years. It's a good team, and they've added an excellent player. Let's, uh, let's, the third trade that the Senators made, they moved Zingle to the Blue Jackets. This one was funny to me because it happened the day after the Duchesne trade, and I kind of got the sense on this one, and, and you could tell me if if, uh, if I'm just way off base here, but I, I got the sense on this one from Ottawa's perspective that they did really well on the Duchesne trade. They got a great haul on the on the Duchesne trade, especially if he resigns and they pick up that extra first-rounder. Um Yep. If it, it like it to me, it felt like like obviously they got way more for Duchesne than they got for Carlson, and people talked him up and they were like, "Wow, great haul from Matt for Matt Duchesne, the second great haul a team got for trading Matt Duchesne in a row." Um, so it, to me, it felt a little bit like Ottawa kind of went, "All right, we got to trade a single." Well, we, we we got the Blue Jackets last time. Let's let's call them again. <laughs> it was kind of was was kind of the vibe that that I from got. what from what it was said by. Yarmo Kekalainen, and there are some reports as well, the very same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when Kekalainen called Senators as they're negotiating the Duchesne thing, after it was clear that everyone was available, Yarmo Kekalainen asked for all three guys. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he obviously didn't get Stone. Yeah. I don't know how he would have managed to pay the price for all yeah, three guys, that, but he that, asked. Yeah. But he asked for all three guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he got two out of the three, and they almost did Dzingle and Stone at the same time, and Dzingle and Duchesne at the same time. But it was uh, basically the Senators decided, let's just give Dzingle another day, see if we can get a little bit more for him. They didn't wind up doing it, but the point stands that uh, they they tried. I think Columbus would have, if they had their druthers, would have had the deal done all at once, and the Senators said no. I can't remember who it was, but somebody before Duchesne got traded. It was like a week before Duchesne got traded. And this is a little bit of, you know, like just kind of Twitter trade talk. And there was really mm-hmm. no base to it. But it was just kind of just one of those fun things to talk about. But someone posited, you know, hey, what if Winnipeg said did the, basically did the same thing and said give us all three of those guys and we'll give you Patrick Line. Would have been, I don't uh, think what can justify that? No, I don't think they could either. That's just one of those things that's slightly fun to think about, right? It's it's just uh... yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Let's just say Winnipeg decided to go nuts and do it. Mm-hmm. Patrick Lydon needs a contract. This then what happens? Yeah, that would be yeah, that would be the Straight thing. Patrick Lydon. Yeah, that would be the thing for Ottawa. And yeah. I think it's become pretty clear that if the Ottawa Senators, you can't do that. So. Yeah. Uh, maybe that, that might have been the rare Terry that both teams would have said no to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuccarello got traded that same day to the Stars, and then, ooh, it happened. Uh, Zuccarello's out for four weeks. Hopefully he'll be back. Uh, he should be back in time for the playoffs, uh, assuming Dallas makes the playoffs, because uh, who knows, right? They got a little three-team race there with a couple other teams sprinkled uh, below them. Um... Anything you want to say about Nicholas Baptiste? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, the, like the Marlies needed a winger, and they were able. The that's not acquisition that the acquisition the Leafs were able to make make because they're the Leafs and they don't care about paying NHL salaries for the Marlies, mm-hmm. whereas other teams might. Yeah, um, Gustav Nyquist was a little bit. Uh, that was a little bit underrated. That that that, that didn't get a lot well, of talk. A, like, uh, I, I, obviously, yeah, that's... it's a good move. Uh, I think that if I were the Sharks, what I'm addressing, and the Sharks are another team, by the way, that I think the first two rounds of the draft they don't get to participate in for the next couple of seasons. Yeah. Uh, if Eric Carlson resigns, uh, the San Jose Sharks are uh, our team, by the way, that's, that's out of draft pick bullets. I was surprised that if they were spending, like, and maybe they did make this call. I don't know. 
But why don't you just call up the Red Wings and say, what do we need to give you to get Jimmy Howard out of there? Mm -hmm. Because if you're the Red Wings, you've got a real problem with Jimmy Howard this season. And that would be he's stopping too many damn pucks. Uh, (laughs) That's... That, you, know, you, you don't need goaltending like this if we're trying to lose. Uh, so I, I think that that's a spot where you should you – should, like Jones has not been good this season. I know the organization believes in him, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I just can't help but get over the feeling that we might be in a situation where it's the 2-3 matchup, San Jose and Vegas in the Pacific Division because Calgary wins the division. And, San, and Vegas wins the matchup in five games because Jones is just not good enough. Like, it, it, like it, that – Almost is the most likely scenario at this point. Money Puck has the Sharks as a six. Take the second round. I I have a hard time with that now that Vegas is in stone uh, has has Stone on the squad. Mm-hmm. I think that that's obviously a very likely first round matchup is the Sharks and uh, and uh, yeah, and Golden Knights. One of those teams is going to be gone. They're going to be gone in yes. the first round. <laughs> now. There's obviously if San Jose catches Calgary, it's a different conversation. Yeah, winning the Pacific is huge, just like winning the Central is huge. Yeah, huge because you don't truth two three matchup. Yeah, and it's just well, where you know winning the Atlantic is also huge. The only division that doesn't matter whether you win or lose is the Metro. Yeah, because none of the teams are good. Yeah, <laughs> God, it's a, but like it's 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 another one of those things where it's like with this weird system that we have, like one of Calgary, San Jose, Vegas gone in the first round and one of Toronto Boston most likely gone in the first round right yep that uh, is something that's going to happen uh, and so one of and like you look at how well St. Louis is playing lately mm-hmm. one of St. Louis Nashville Winnipeg will not make it out of the first round yeah weird it's a weird system huh. it's a ridiculous system but sadly I think we're stuck with it until uh, the Seattle Seattle team comes in yep. yeah yeah uh. Uh, which actually not too far off, so we won't have to wait for Railing. Um, Kevin Hayes, the Jets acquired him. That was a nice little move. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, the, the Rangers are doing it right. The Ra- the Rangers are doing this rebuild thing right. In 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 my opinion, just just snatching up those. The only guys. thing they're doing wrong is the only thing they're doing wrong is they're in eighth last right now. But they're Fair. like there was yeah. too much talent on the roster. They still yeah. had Lundquist. I don't mm-hmm. think they were going to be in a spot where they sank to the bottom so mm-hmm. uh, but yeah no you're, you're right the rangers are uh the rangers are doing this right and they're uh they're gonna have a lot of young talent come through they're not too long from now and the other thing that might happen for the new york rangers is based on Artemi panarin wanting to live somewhere exciting that might be and the rangers don't owe a lot of money next season obviously mm-hmm. that might be the spot for them yeah absolutely um you're most likely going to be you're the, your favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, is most likely going to be facing the Boston Bruins in the first round. Did either of Coyle or Johansson uh, give you pause for concern? No. Yeah. No. Um, I like you know Boston needed the forward depth to keep up, and that's fine. Uh, that series is going to come down to probably the same thing it came down to last time, which is a game seven. So yeah, I <laughs> I don't we'll think... see how it goes. Uh, I would really like that. I'd really like that game seven to be played in Toronto as opposed to Boston. Uh, the Bruins are uh, three points up with uh, with a game in hand mm-hmm. right now. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm really liking how the Leafs are playing lately. And, and the Bruins, uh, I think, are 9-0-2 in their last 11 games. That obviously isn't going to last forever. Yeah. They're winning a lot of one-goal games. I think that just if you look at the underlying numbers a little bit, differential before this winning streak even during this winning streak i think that the bruins place in the standings is a little bit fraudulent uh the leafs are a much better team they have scored a lot more goals than boston has Mm -hmm. uh i think the leafs are a much better team uh but in a seven game series being a much better team doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot yeah and then obviously boston would have that stupid mental edge (laughs) right like knowing they i don't think that exists you know yeah, I, I well, don't yeah, know. they I just clipped think... them last year, but they clipped them last year in a game, game seven. And if you look at like Fair. everyone's like, oh yeah, what happened uh, four, five years? Yeah, that that has no bearing on the game. roster. Yeah, that that's yeah, yeah, that that has that five years ago thing as as insane as it was, that has no place in this conversation of of in this particular Leafs Bruins conversation. Other than it's just yeah. like I don't know, do the ghosts haunt the Leafs sort of thing? I don't know, but that's. That's whatever kind of talk. Um, my Avalanche picked up Broussard for a sixth. I'm just like, sure. 
uh, or sorry, for a third. They got Broussard and uh, six for a third. For a, yeah, uh, they, they had Broussard and six for a third. Uh, yeah. That's that's fine. It's, there's yeah, no reason like whatever you it's just sure, try to do it. It's a sure move. It, you give them a little um, bit of center depth to try to get to a uh, a playoff spot. Um, my, I I think and and call me crazy here, mm-hmm. and I don't know like I don't know what pieces could have gone, but if you're the Avalanche. Wasn't there at least something to think about just based on, you know, the way that the, you know, I know the teams are playing better lately, but you have the two first round picks like like this is not when you're going to be at your best. Wasn't there at least something to think about for just looking around and seeing what you could get for a couple of guys in the roster? I know that there isn't a bunch of like guys who are unrestricted at the end of the year, but like wasn't that conversation at least something worth considering at one point here like are you talking I'm, about trading like like you know see see what you can get if 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 you get if you're willing to eat half the money does some team want varlamov as a backup if oh, you're willing yeah, yeah, to okay. you know what i mean like as, as opposed to giving up draft picks for bizarre like talk of, I, I know there wasn't a to sell was there something to be said for the idea of being a seller or Because look, I, the 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 best days are ahead for this roster. Yeah, I think I this think much so. we know. Mm-hmm. Um, Timmons and McCarr are coming next year, and and, yeah. and, and perhaps Jack. Maybe Hughes. Jack. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe maybe Captain Pocaco. You know, mm-hmm. um, those th- those things are all possible. So I, I just would have at least considered the idea. But again, it's not as though they had a Panarin like guy or anything even close to that they decided to hold on to they didn't even have a furland like guy they decided to hold on to i just i just would have thought about collecting some assets but based on the fact that there weren't a lot of assets you were likely available that you were likely ac for the guys in this roster that are kind of part of the long-term solution then maybe you don't do it because like i i would i would trade carl soderberg in two seconds if i were the avalanche but uh that involves other teams being willing Building him four point seven five million dollars next season. I don't think that list is going to be particularly long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Soderberg. yeah, I, I, I know. Yes, I just I just look at Carl Soderberg's thirty four year old season and think to myself, like, is yeah. this real? Uh, is this really what we want? But uh, that said, they don't really have a lot of big ticket items on the roster that aren't stars. I.e., like Landis Cog and McKinnon mm-hmm. and like Johnson. You can't trade anyway, just because they're a stars and you, scrubs you, team. They're an absolute yes. stars and scrubs team. Yes. And they have a like they have a ton of cap space. Is this franchise willing to spend to the cap? Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the fact that they're spending about sixty-eight million bucks this year out of a topping out of topping out at seventy-nine. And wonder to myself, what are they going to be willing to spend to the cap next year? Maybe because it's going to be harder to cr- create a roster when instead of paying uh, um, when instead of paying Miko Ranton in nine hundred grand, you're paying him. I have no idea what the number is going to be. An extra zero to that, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Like, if Mitch Marner is going to go asking for nine million bucks, why can't Miko Ranton ask for the same thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, I, I get that it's not Toronto, so it's not talked about the same way. But why can't Miko Ranton ask for the same number of dollars? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's getting offer sheeted because they have all this cash space for next season. But you know, if, if you're Miko Ranton, why don't you say to yourself like, okay, I'm if Mitch Marner's getting nine million bucks and Austin Matthews is getting eleven, and you look. Look at whatever Braden Point might be about to get. Although I think Braden Point's contract is not going to be done anytime soon. Um, you look at what some of these other guys who are RFAs might might be getting. If you're renting and you at least ask around, I'm like, okay, let's, let's try to get the nine million bucks here if you're going to do a long term deal. <laughs> oh yeah, I just to me for the for my abs the uh, the stay pat move I just thought was was the best move. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying about maybe. You know, take a couple of calls, and I'm sure they did. They probably yeah, uh, yeah, and, and reported, I have no problem right? with what they did. Like, yeah, and because it's not like they kept some guy who would have brought back a first and a good prospect. You know what I mean? That yeah. that guy's not on this roster. No. But uh, so I have no problem with what they did. I'm just thinking. I think it's pretty clear that with the assets you have mm-hmm. and the prospects you have, this is not the year where stuff is happening for you. You know, that's a couple of years down the road. And you think to yourself, well, what are things going to look like in Winnipeg a couple of years down the road? Because they're going to have to trade some dudes. And what are things going to look like in Nashville a couple of years down the road? Because that roster is going to get a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our window is not immediately. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the rest of the division, St. Louis, who knows, Minnesota, that team is getting older fast. And they tried yeah. to reverse that a little bit the last couple of days. But uh, that team is getting older fast. And then Dallas, who knows what the future holds. So, uh, uh, and Chicago, uh, that team's not get, 
getting older fast. That team is old immediately. Mm-hmm. So the division is going to be there for the taking the next couple of years when the roster for the Avs is better, provided nothing silly happens with Ranton in this summer. Yeah, I knock on wood that. Uh, but I, 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 uh, the way Sackicks run the team, and obviously it was a little bit wonky there during the 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 early stages of of the Matt Duchesne thing. Yes, but uh, there are some. You know what? They hired. Then all of a sudden they hired a, uh, the early stages of the Duchesne thing. Yes, yeah. but when Saka kept saying, "I'm waiting to get my best deal," and everyone's like, "Oh, we'll see." Yeah. Turns out he did. And yeah. honestly, that like if if that Ottawa pick was 17. He mm-hmm. would have done really well. Yeah. Now that Ottawa pick might be one or two. He yeah. did fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Now, of course, there's no way Joe Sackick in his wildest dreams mm-hmm. thought that this might be something that happens when that deal was made. No. But yes, he did a great job with that. Uh, they made some questionable signings, but they then made some good signings. They hired some pretty sharp analytics people mm-hmm. that uh, people yeah. might know off Twitter for certain websites, and uh, that has limited some of the... Uh, some of the poor choices in the last little while. Absolutely, yeah. Because the, the Avalanche were the last bastion of the old... Like, they were the last team to be like, all right. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know somebody. about that. Well, I don't know. They were a team I, I... that... Like, the, the first WAH year, I remember there was an article in ESPN that was like, here are the teams that are going... They basically, they basically did like four tiers. And they were like, tier one, these are the teams that 100% believe in analytics. They're doing this, blah, blah, blah. And... and you know, you had your your Florida, and your that would Toronto, have been you know your your Chicago Blackhawks, et cetera, et cetera. And then there would have been the, the there was like yeah. tier three of we're dipping a toe, or no, sorry, no, it was not it wasn't di- it wasn't dipping a toe. Uh, tier three was like we're dipping a toe. Uh, tier two was like you know we've hired a few guys, but we're we, we're not like mm-hmm. you know completely overhauling our scouting department and blah blah blah. And then tier four was one team and it was, we are completely disregarding analytics. We think it's bull crap. And it was the Colorado avalanche. And I remember right. reading that article and nearly started weeping because I was just yeah. like, what are we doing? And then that year they, though they were the worst team to ever make the playoffs and win a division. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and here's the ironic thing is this avalanche team, which is probably not going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're well, they might go on a little bit of run. They, they I mean, they were off. Yeah. On, I mean, they could if but they go like, on a little bit of a run, but I yeah, I I, I, I just think right. that how good St. Louis has been really makes the road tough for them. Uh, True, but but this Avalanche team because I, I don't know if they passed Dallas either, but they might. Uh, but this Avalanche team is is probably better than some of those ones that uh, it's, it's them uh, got Law all those accolades and yeah. yeah. Well, Wall won. That, well, Minnesota though Minnesota mm-hmm. has guys that are hurt. And Minnesota has subtracted from their roster yeah. because I think the Wild were smart enough. They're doing exactly what I was just talking about Colorado doing, which is, mm-hmm. hey, this this is probably not our year. Yeah. This is probably not the year that we're going to go deep. So let's try to get a little younger. Let's try to get a guy like Kevin Fiala and let's trade Charlie Coyle for a draft pick. And they get Ryan Donato, too, who has already scored an overtime goal for Minnesota. So maybe uh maybe that's already paying off but i think the wild realized that you know what this this was probably not going to be the year for us mm-hmm. uh maybe they maybe they scraped in the playoffs who's to say but i think they realized it was not going to be the year so um yeah maybe maybe they get in i don't know i i, I would not put it past the coyotes to go on a little bit of a run here in fact uh, we're, we're counting on it <laughs> like, yeah yeah, just because I I just think that that team has been hurt and banged up all year, and they're somehow still in it, and maybe they get a little bit healthier down the stretch here, and things go well. But um, yeah, maybe they get in. Maybe so. Yeah, I'm, I'm maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm being silly here. I'm just think I was just thinking to myself that they would have a tough time passing some of these teams. But yeah, maybe the maybe the wild falls off a little bit. So yeah, yeah uh, I think though what's what's very clear is that. There are six teams in the West that are going to make the playoffs. I know that Vegas and St. Louis wouldn't look clear based on their current point totals, but Vegas is getting uh, has gotten a lot better, and they've been unlucky. And St. Louis is playing, obviously, night and day difference between now and how they played in 2018. So um, I don't think they're going anywhere. So I guess that leaves, I don't know, Vancouver probably not part of this. No, I don't think but so. But maybe. 
uh, yeah, probably not. But that that so that leaves four teams for two spots. For we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned the Canucks. I, I just want to briefly talk about the hilariousness of them moving Eric Branson to the Pittsburgh Penguins and teaming him up. It's a nice little move for the Canucks, I will say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and t- considering when I remember when they signed that good Branson contract, I was like, <laughs> right? yeah, like why are you doing so, this? Yeah. And, well, uh, here's the, and, and here's the thing. You talk about the analytics thing just a second ago. Yeah. Eric Branson, he, other than... And one other player who I'm sure we'll talk about in just a second yeah. was the peak of the analytics. Well, my eyes say this guy clears the front of the crease and he's tough and hard to play against. Yeah. And then and look at the numbers and you think to yourself, wait a minute, whenever he's on the ice, his team never has the puck. What's up with that? Yeah. So how, how, how difficult to play against could he possibly be? And he became sort of some, one of the bastions of the analytics debate because Florida trades him for Jared McCann. And you have this one writer from Florida. I forget the guy's name, but basically he might as well be Dale Talon's pool boy mm-hmm. uh, about, oh, the, if the if the computer guys had never traded Eric Branson, this team would still be good. Uh, that's not true. That was a fantastic trade. Perhaps if your guy, Dale Talon, hadn't have given Riley Smith and Jonathan Marsa show to Vegas for nothing. Three. The Panthers might be dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to give you two thirds of your top line for free, and you're going to make the Stanley Cup final. But no, the problem was trading Erica Branson. That's yeah. where you draw the line. Oh, uh, just incredible hackery. Nonetheless, um, this uh, good Branson was kind of the peak of that. He goes to Vancouver. They gave up way too much to get him. Uh, they signed him to an extension that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Oh, but now yeah. all of a sudden they go, they go, they go get Tanner Pearson, which mm. he's probably not on a contract you necessarily love right now, based on the fact that he's had a really bad year. Yeah. But like it more than Eric at Branson's. Yeah, so bad. But like uh, the guy you, the aforementioned guy you mentioned, um, who is not that also Jack not, Johnson, who yeah, also oh yeah also is not an analytics darling, Jack Johnson, and they're going to team them up. And I don't know if maybe Pittsburgh is just hoping to create some sort of vortex of of two wrongs making a right of some sort or like maybe good branson and jack johnson are just going to be so big and strong that they're going to stand next to matt and then just clog up the front of the net i have no idea well, but, i'll uh... tell you this right now if you have Sidney crosby and phil kessel and evgeny malkin on your team the last thing you want is defensemen who can pass it to them competently yeah, uh, right. <laughs> wait Oh, no, hold on a second. Oh, that might be uh, that might be the first thing you want. Uh, yeah, I, I, and look, I know Pittsburgh was banged up on the blue line. I get that. I, I, I do. And they, they've got some injury problems, and they, they, they needed help immediately to make the playoffs. But if if Buffalo's trading Nathan Bolio for a six-round pick to Winnipeg, mm-hmm. why don't you just call, the, call Buffalo and say, hey, what can we do with this? Now, maybe Buffalo's not in the mood to help you because Buffalo's trying to chase down an Eastern Conference playoff spot. Whatever. Pick a Western Conference team. Yeah. Pick their number four defenseman. You might be better off than getting Eric Branson. Yeah. And maybe Pittsburgh th- said the same thing I did about the Tanner Pearson deal. They didn't They didn't love that contract either. They just took it because they felt as though maybe it was going to work out. They rolled the dice a little bit. I don't know. But what I do know is that I think Pittsburgh had a real hard time making the playoffs all of a sudden. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just going back to the whole Columbus – Blue Jackets conversation from earlier. Uh, the Penguins have been their nemesis. Well, actually, technically, the first round has kind of been their nemesis. Uh, but uh, yeah, if Columbus can get out of the first round. It might be some. I'm kind of looking at it right now, Craig. And basically, according to the stat guys, the three more or less the three worst defensemen in the league right now are Jack Johnson, Eric Goodbranson, and Cody Cece. Those are, those are yeah. Cece's yeah. an interesting case study for me. Yeah. Because I think he's a guy that, if he was played in a different role, mm-hmm. might not be so bad. Yeah. Or at the very least, a passable NHL player. The, the numbers right now tell you he's not. Yeah. But if, when you're Cody, you're on the Ottawa Senators, uh, you don't get to play in a different role because there's mm-hmm. no one else on the team. Exactly. I, I was looking at the, I was looking at the Oilers like they're actually the seven defensemen that they have right now, like that they have to suit up for the next game. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I hadn't even heard of at least three of them. I would say, I was just like, who are these guys? And I was like, Oh, that's the guy they got from, uh, uh, I was like, Oh, that's the guy uh, they got. They got from, from the sharks and the Carlson trade. And then there were three other dudes that I'm like, I sure. Like these names could be made up for all. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at the, 
their lineup from t- tonight's game, mm-hmm. during which the Washington Capitals scored a touchdown, by the way. Oh, uh, and touchdown. yeah, so that's 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 not helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not helpful. So Cody Cc was on the defense, and Mark Borowiecki was uh, Borowiecki was one of the defensemen. Uh, Dylan DeMello, who, as you mentioned, they got in the San Jose deal. Uh, Thomas Shabbat, good player, obviously. Uh, Sam Bacho. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they got Christian Jaros. Uh, this is this is not it's 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 truly not an NHL roster at this point. No, it no, really no. is. And uh, uh, no, as far as guys who are going to actually be good NHL players, Kachuk, Shabbat, maybe if they luck out, Colin White. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anyone like? And, and I even think that's a little bit a little bit much. But Kachuk and Shabbat are the only two guys that played for the Ottawa Senators tonight who I think could be six forward a top four defense for a good any point between now and the end of their careers. They have two guys in the roster you can describe that way. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Well, well, what's the name of the kid that they got from... from Brandstrom, yeah. Now, Brandstrom, he's not yeah. playing no. for Ottawa right now. Probably yeah. a good decision by them. Keep him yeah. away from that. Because he's like um, one of the... But yes, he very like, much has. Yeah, he's one like of the five, six best prospects in the NHL. Yeah, one of, uh, he's, yeah, he's like the top five guy who's just not in the league right now or something like that. But yeah, he's coming. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and, and Eric Branstrom, a very good prospect. They did on that trade. Yeah, they didn't get a first-round pick, but uh, uh, I would rather have Eric Branstrom than basically all but the top two picks in this draft, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, other than Kako and Hughes, I think I'd, pro- I'd take Branstrom before anybody else. Nonetheless, uh, Branstrom is a great return for Stone. But does nothing to help the current roster, clearly. Yeah. Um, anybody else you want to talk about that got traded? Uh, did we forget anybody? I mean, we don't obviously don't need to talk about like. Uh, uh, I'd like Alex. to talk about the Wayne Simmons Nashville oh, thing. Oh yes, 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 absolutely. Uh, uh, I thought that I thought that was good for them. I thought mm-hmm. that helps them. Uh, I don't know if this is necessarily their year. I just think that their road might be really hard if they yeah. can't if they can't finish first in the division. Really, really tough way because you might have to go St. Louis, Winnipeg. And then Calgary or San Jose mm-hmm. to get to the final. That's 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 a that's a tough road. That's a really tough road. So we'll see how that goes. St. Louis and Nashville are playing right now, but if I just think that whoever whoever wins this this division is going to be in a, a nice spot because uh, the Western Conference wildcard teams are not going to be particularly good. And you got it. We talk about it every year. You got to get that one series. It's four or five games. You have to get it. Yeah. If you don't get it, you're probably not going to win the Stanley Cup. So if you are Winnipeg and you're looking, you're looking down, you're thinking to yourself, can we get Dallas in four or five? Can we get Colorado or, or Minnesota in four or five games? Mm-hmm. Probably. Can we get St. Louis in four or five or Nashville in four or five? That would be really hard. Yeah. Absolutely. Really. Hard. I think those aren't so, even guaranteed win series wins. <laughs> hell no. Yeah. Hell right? like, no. Yeah. Oh. And Calgary, same thing. Calgary and the Sharks, same thing. Calgary's got a five-point buffer right now. That's huge for them. Mm-hmm. And they've got a game in hand, too. Um, so that it's the same deal for Calgary. Do you want San Jose or Vegas in round one? I'm going to go ahead and say you don't. Or do you want Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado, Arizona, whoever it is? I'm going to say that's probably the more preferable outcome. Calgary, unlike the other teams we were just talking about, has a nice little lead. We'll see if they can hold on to that over the next 20 games here. But good spot. Calgary, by the way, I think if I was picking right now who comes out of the West, despite the fact they didn't do anything, I think that's my pick right now. Um, which brings me to something I was just going to uh, ask you, Craig. Um, now, I know you have no interest in a non-Toronto Maple Leafs Stanley Cup final, but we'll I, just I, we'll, we'll put that aside. And if, you know, it, if it had to go down where the Toronto Maple Leafs don't make the Stanley Cup final, um, can I interest you in a 2004 Stanley Cup final rematch? of Tampa Bay that'd, and that'd, Calgary. That'd be, that'd be very good TV. Yeah, and we because we get to bring yeah. back all the whole, oh, it was in in game six and, and, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah, the, well, I'll tell you, the people at Rogers would be pretty happy about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in the end, isn't that the most important thing? <laughs> the, people at, the people at NBC may not be thrilled by that, but the people at Rogers would really like it. Yeah. Um, more embarrassing moment by the fan base of an NHL franchise this week. Uh, Leafs fans... Oh, I don't care what the other thing you're going to say is. The, the, the if, Leafs... if, if one of the options is the Islander thing, literally, 
<laughs> literally does not matter what the other thing is. It, it, yeah, it's it's either the the Islanders Dear John letter or the the Leafs fan who ate cat shit after the Habs uh, victory on Saturday. Oh, a, a thousand times out of a thousand, the Islanders thing. Because the Leafs fan was one rogue element, and even then, it didn't look as pathetic and sad as True. the it was, Islanders. It was more just like, what the fuck are you doing? All right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This was just like, how are you still mad about? And like, and like, here's the other thing, and this has been written pajama about a lot. Pajama boy. <laughs> yeah, like he wasn't wearing Leafs pajamas. Yeah, that. Well, that's he was, a, it was. It was. It yeah. was sheets. Yeah, it's bed sheets. Fair, but that's one of those like you know, like, different things. idiosyncratic things, right? Yeah, fair, but like that's that's picking nits. But you're point taken, point taken, absolutely. Uh, oh my god, I just I like I watched that and I was just like, it, it, like I don't know if if a team that I cheered for put out something as petty and just like pathetic, like it, it was putting the ick and pathetic. It was it was so bad. Oh god. And I know there's like tons of Island Islanders fans that have come out and been like, Yeah, that's that's not our thing. Like the, I don't know, but it's <laughs> so pathetic. Oh god. Games tomorrow Very night. Depressing. How, how, how confident are you about the, the game tomorrow? Two nights from now. Two nights, sorry. We gotta play Connor McDavid Connor McDavid and friends tomorrow and then the Islander game. Mm-hmm. Uh uh I don't know, it's gonna be the second game of back to back. Which when I, I looked up the schedule and like oh I, what game's Freddie Anderson? They, they they have Oilers in Toronto. If I were Mike Babcock, I play him in the Islander game. Okay, you you want to stick it to him or? <laughs> no, not that I want to stick it to him. I think you're likely to beat at Edmonton oh, because yeah, I don't fair. know if you've this yeah, but Edmonton's not good. Yeah, <laughs> and Leafs are the exact kind of team that would feast on that will feast on Edmonton, which is like because yeah. Edmonton in in some situations can do the whole all right, we're just going to play McDavid against your best guys and and we're going to take our chances. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Leafs have like all right, one, one, one of one of Tavares and Matthews is going to be on the ice against not McDavid a yeah. lot. Yeah. So that means that you're probably going to get killed during because, as we know, the Edmonton Oilers traditionally get just slaughtered when that man's not on the ice. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what's going to happen to Edmonton. So no, I, I just if, if Garrett Sparks doesn't play particularly well against the Oilers, you may still win that game. Play Freddie Anderson the game in Long Island. Mm-hmm. Let's. Uh... That makes sense. Let's 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 check in on our on our uh, bets that we did. We we teased that a little bit earlier. Yeah. Do you happen to have um something in front of you that would show uh, projected point totals for the rest of the season for certain teams? Uh, I can just math it out in my head. Uh, oh, sure. If you, well, I just um, figured there'd be like the old. Yes. Um. No, I, I've got the money pod, yeah, pods and whatnot. With uh, uh okay. doesn't have projected. Oh no, I've got projected point totals. My money pod, so that's fine. Okay. Um. So I've got that with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I only actually, like we talked about a few, I only actually placed money on two of them. Okay. I placed a significant sum on the Anaheim Ducks under, which as we said earlier in the podcast, the Anaheim Ducks are currently sitting with points and they have 19 games remaining. Mm-hmm. 19 times two is 38. <laughs> that would be 38. Mm-hmm. I did this math earlier today. If you give the Anaheim Ducks 38 more points, they, they finish the season with 95 points, which last I looked is less than 97. So that bet is already in the win column for me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to get paid out on that bet. Our Phillies uh, over bet that we did, I got paid out the day the Phillies got the victory. I think this might be different because it's an under as opposed to an over. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, uh, I have won that Anaheim Ducks bet, and I'm feeling quite good about it. Mm-hmm. The other bet that I actually... Uh, pardon me, sir. So I was going to say, in my in my uh, history of betting, I don't know if this is different with uh, hockey over-unders, but traditionally with baseball, it's just whenever game 162 ends for everybody, then the money is deposited in, into your account. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. like theoretical yeah, money to, until I, ho- yeah. Yes, fair enough. I just know that with the Phillies, I got that money like the second week of September because like, okay, they mm-hmm. won yeah, enough games. So here you I go, you it, can have I guess it depends I think on it's, what site. Yeah. I think so, it's... Right. And I think in this case, it's different if it's an under. Maybe they have some sort of script that says, okay, as soon as the Phillies win total is greater than this, you pay out the bets or mm-hmm. break them in or whatever it happens to be. Whereas the Ducks, it's not going to be that. Like, it's just going to, we're going to get to game 82 and they won't have 97 points. So yeah. I don't know how it's going to go. The moral of the story is this when I get my money, it's not relevant, but I am getting it. Yeah. 
<laughs> the other bet that I actually placed was not quite as significant as some, but still a relatively decent chunk of change on the Minnesota Wilds under bet. Now, mm-hmm. that one's not done quite yet, but they've got to get less than 96 points for me to get paid. Minnesota currently sitting with 60 points. It's a situation. They, they need 30 between now and the end of the year, and they max out at... at um, well, they, 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 they have 38 that are available. So the Wild have to miss out on nine points between now and the end of the season for me to get paid on that bet. Nine yeah. points is the number. That was one of the ones we suggested in, in what is kind of our Big Ten. Well, not it wasn't really a Big Ten. It was a bit, it was a bit, we, we had 10 bets that we liked. And then, yeah. but like our, our number one, we were just like screaming. Like if we could have went to the top of a mountain or and like <laughs> with a megaphone and just yelled, everybody bet the under on the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> like that was our... That was our one. Um, another one that we I'm glad liked. we didn't. Our line would have gone down. That's true. That said, yeah. as long as it doesn't get down to like yeah. as long as the line didn't go down to good. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other one that we we like San Jose over ninety-seven and a half. They need sixteen points to to get there. That one. That's going to be right in the line, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like that one could go either way. They need sixteen points. They need 16 points, as you said. They they, they, they should get there because yeah. they've got 18 games. Yeah. And the Sharks are better than, than than 500 hockey. So you would suspect something that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they should get there, but it's not a guarantee. We like St. Louis over 96 and a half. They're at 72. So if you like San Jose... Uh, that looks really, really shitty. <laughs> oh, boy, did it season. ever, yeah. <laughs> I, that I, uh, looked really 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 lousy at one point in the season now it's not like it's it's far from certain but they've got 20 games left and they need what how many more points uh what was the number they're at 72 and they need to get to sorry st louis they're at 72 and they need to get to 97 so 25 more in 20 games based on the way they've played lately they're gonna they're they're gonna have those 25 more points in the next uh, six weeks, so this should yeah. be okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping so. Uh, Minnesota, we mentioned. Here's one you might... Un- I'm not sure if we have this one locked up or not already, Craig. Um, but we very much enjoyed the Los Angeles Kings under 93.5 points. They need 41 points? Can they get 41 points? They do. There's no way they... So we won uh, that one already. At- oh, yeah, we have to have won that one already. I- yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm scrolling down to the very bottom of the standings. Yeah, they have 19 games left. They, yeah, okay. they so maxed they out the eight more points. So, yes, so, yeah. we, so, we win that too. Two in the books. Um, we like the Chicago Black. I'm actually upset that we can't cross this one off right now. We like the Chicago Blackhawks under 84 and a half. And that, they've got, they've got 19 games left, mm-hmm. and they need 30, 24 points. Yeah. So that's, they, that's right there. That's yeah, right. That one's right there. Um, yep. The Arizona Coyotes. Um, we like they're over at 80 and a half, and they're at 63. 17 points in 20 games. games. That I'm feel, I feel like I, they're playing better lately. I'm feeling mm-hmm. good about that one. That's doable. Um, here's one we were high on, but uh, this one could go. I, I, I would I would lean towards we might not get that. Well, actually, I don't um, the Washington Capitals, we like their under 98 and a half. They need, they need 19 s- points for that. Yeah, they're at 70. Oh, sorry, they're 20 points. Yeah, they need, they they need, need 20. They're at 79 now because they... they yeah, so they just, won tonight. So. Just, so they have 18 games left and they yeah. need 20 points. I would suspect that they're probably going to get the over. Yeah, I, I would think so too, but uh, maybe not. You know, we if we if they can just, you know, go on a little losing streak somewhere in the middle there... <laughs> Of the 20 games yep. left, we, we might True. be in it. So that one's not dead, dead. Um, here is one that we are not going to win. Uh, we liked Florida's over 94 and a half. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's the well, only one so far that win, we completely whiffed on, I think. If they win their 21 remaining games, we'll get it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's that's the only they one. They don't need to win all 20, 21. Yeah. They only need... They only need, they need, uh, mm-hmm. they need 31 points, though. So that's they need to win most of them. Yeah, that's gotta that's go. that's the only. They, they got to go. They got to go yeah. sixteen. They got to go sixteen and four. So yeah. that's probably not going to happen. And here's the last one. I think we're going to get this one, Craig. Carolina Panthers. We liked eighty four and a half. We liked the over. They need, okay, they, let me. They need fourteen points. Hurricanes. They, Can they, they find eight, seven eight, wins eight, with twenty games eight, left? 
84 and a half, you said? 84 and a half, yeah. Okay, yeah, because they, they, they've won tonight, too. So, oh, can oh, they find six they, wins with 19 games left? They, oh. they have to find six wins with 19 games to go. Yeah. So I would suspect that is highly likely. Yeah, on, on, like barring an in, unconscionable Monumental. Yeah, knock on wood, a monumental collapse by the Carolina Hurricanes. We're, we're probably good at that. So, I mean... We're looking pretty good. We got we got two already in. We're probably only gonna the one that we know for sure that we have absolutely no chance of winning, and then the rest we're we're in like a dirty shirt on. And I'm leaning more for the towards, most part. Yeah. Other well, than I'm, other than Washington, I feel like we're gonna win. Yeah, most of what's other, left there. Other right? than Washington yeah. and Florida, I feel like we're gonna win them all. Yeah. On, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I, I really do. I think like if if we go eight for ten, knock on wood. That that would that's be, uh, that's pretty good. And the one game. that I actually play is real life big dollars on. Yeah, I, I like I'm one I'm one for two for sure at least, mm-hmm. and I have a pretty good shot of going two for two. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I uh, yeah, if I can go eight for ten, I would like it. But I had I had the most of my money already on Anaheim, uh, like like you did, and I I'm gonna have to check and see how much money. I didn't realize we actually cashed on the Kings under either. So uh, that's something we gotta look. Uh, I'll have to check and see how we did. But I know. Mm, oh God, we had the we had the Ducks peg like a dirty shirt. <laughs> like we just. Yep. Mm, that was so good, um, and and didn't have to sweat it at all. I mean, John Gibson. No. Yeah, there was like that three work period where we were like, "What the hell are you doing, John?" <laughs> right? But yeah. Like, but even then, it was like, like well, that nah, was the one thing we were worried about yeah. is what if what if John Gibson puts up a nine twenty eight and just yeah like steals them ninety seven points. And, even and, then, and I said October was myself, so bad, right? Like, yeah, I said to yeah. myself, we, 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 you can listen back to the podcast when we made yeah. the bet. I said to myself. John Gibson could be the best goal in the NHL, mm-hmm. and we could still win this bet because yeah. that's how that's how little I felt about the roster. And turns out, like he hasn't been the best goal in the NHL, but even if he was, I don't think we'd be really in the problem. Was for that one that one stretch there. Yeah, like, he was unequivocally yeah. the best goaltender in in the league. But then he got then, hurt. Yeah. yeah, but even then, their November as good as their November was, their uh, their freaking October start was that bad. That, yes, that you and I were like. I'm still not worried. (laughs) We were on pace to get it the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Um, Last question before you get out of here, Craig. Were you surprised at who went home on The Bachelor this week? A little bit. I was very surprised, to be honest. I I thought she'd be there right at the end. Yeah, I thought uh, I I had the final two pegged as uh, Kaylin and Cassie. And I think I I, I haven't really wavered the last. It's been like I thought Cassie Cassie was going to be the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, Can. Right there with you. It's it's been Cassie the whole time, but it definitely looked like uh, I just couldn't believe Kalen was going home. Do you feel like she's getting the Bachelor uh, the Bachelorette edit? A little bit. Yeah. How would you feel about that? I live with it. She's fine. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I would like to throw uh, Cassie's sister in uh, for a potential Bachelorette, and failing that, uh, why not her mom? If her mom happens to get a divorce, because <laughs> wow. Yeah, her mom. Um... <laughs> like, Holy, <laughs> that was. I I legitimately thought she was her sister when she first walked yeah. in. Like, oh, there's there's her sister. Oh no, wait, and, nope, that's her mom. And obviously they're rich because everybody who ever goes on the Bachelor or Bachelorette is like male or female contestant wise. They they're already rich in some fashion because you have to be in order to be able to take three months off for you know to go shoot a television show in L.A. Like. Like, you know, yeah. if, God, if God forbid something happened to one of our wives, we couldn't just be like, well, we're going to go on The Bachelor now for uh, mm-hmm. uh, for three months. And it'd be like, well, what about our bills and our children and whatnot, right? Like, you you, you have to be able to do that. So everybody's got family. I have a hot take that my employer, if I had the chance to be The Bachelor, my employer would be like, yeah, go. Fair. Uh, fair. You have, a, uh, you have obviously a unique scenario on that one. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. You, you go. You do that as long yeah. as you promise to come back. Yeah, exactly. Fair. Um, yeah, that, that would be all right. But, uh, boy, that'd be good TV. Uh, but, like, yeah, I'm just going to say, it didn't look like her mom had a lot of work done either, even though they're rich. That that nope. looked, that looked, uh, that looked, uh, looked natural. yeah, looked above natural. par. That's all her. I'm going to say. Yep. Good for her. Good for her. Um, yeah, so that'll be it. Uh, Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. Now, we might be getting off of SoundCloud soon and moving on to something else. Um, stay tuned for that. I haven't, uh, my our, my SoundCloud subscription's coming up, and I haven't quite decided if I'm going to renew it or uh, give someone else a try. So stay tuned to the podcast for an update on that. Um, we're on Twitter as well, at mpier6, and uh, we're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe, five stars only. And as always, you 
you don't have to listen, but please download to the Crossover Podcast. Um, Craig Needles, when is the next time you are going to come back? I would think, um, barring something crazy, that March Mad- you're going to be back on to uh, to make a little March Madness bracket, our, our yeah. traditional bracket. We we gotta we gotta make it three in a row, sir. We we have uh, we have picked the. Uh, the national championship. consecutive seasons. It's consecutive seasons. Now, the rest of our final four, we won't mention out loud, but uh, hey, uh, but doesn't in the matter, end, right? In yeah. the end, isn't getting the national champion wreck the most important part? It absolutely is. Um, I, but like, man, I was like, <laughs> I was like, my my plan before the little Zion thing was, um, I was just going to suggest when you came on this pod that we select Duke as our national championship and then work backwards from there, basically. But, uh, yeah. I, I, have a, I have a quick Zion take before yeah, we go. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. We got a little extra. T- we got a little time here. My quick Zion take before we go is if I were someone in Zion Williamson's life, I would just tell him to avoid the basketball court. And just, no, don't go there. You're going to be the first overall pick. Why are you messing around? Just to, like, what do you care about whether Duke wins the national title or not? Just get out. Well, I, I agree. But at the same time, we've seen the way this kid plays. And I don't think he, I, I think he's just a, 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 a kid that, I think he just, it, it, to me, and maybe perhaps it's just me, but to me as, as watching it, and I've done, I've watched very little non-Zion college basketball this year because the Hurricanes have been shit. Um, so, to me, he just looks like a kid that that, that gives so many fucks, though. Is the oh, thing. I, 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 I'm, I'm sure so he cares very he, much. I think if but you know what I would there, care more about if I, than winning the national title for Duke yeah. if I were him would be setting up my family financially for their lives. Fair, but I, I think... Just, like, why, the shoe why, deal why alone, though, this? Craig, right? Like, he's going to get a shoe deal, obviously, out of this yeah, he's, whole... But <laughs> what, what kind of shoe deal is, gonna, is he going to get if yeah. the knee that he's already hurt gets hurt worse and yeah i, I wouldn't all of a sudden there's question marks surrounding his draft is it like i know the odds are low i just i don't understand what he's gaining by playing in that league and i i would go i'd go one step further if i were a top level nc nba guy mm-hmm. that's going to go early in the draft i would do what austin matthews did in his nhl draft year which is i'm not playing the ncaa Start i'm not the playing Europe. the chl i'm gonna play in europe for a year yeah that was what uh oh god the the Mavericks kid whose name Luka Doncic that was what Luka yeah. Doncic said out loud and I remember yes. when I read that quote I was like whoa yep. <laughs> like somebody finally said it right yeah well they should yeah they like, absolutely should over there you're making a whole lot of money mm-hmm. and you've got teams that have reason to want your health to be good beyond just that year uh, you've got medical doctors that work for the team I mm-hmm. understand that Duke has all that stuff I do but I would just quite be questioning their motivation. If I were one of these one-and-done guys that knows I'm going in the top ten in the draft, I think I'm just going to go to Europe for a year. And you'll make enough money that you can pay for your parents or whoever you want to come with you. You can hire your agent early. Mm-hmm. Just get it done. Simmons had a good point on his podcast. I don't know if you listened to it the other day, but he, he was saying, why the hell doesn't the NBA turn the, the G League or the D League or whatever the hell it's called now into that? Which is... Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then all of a sudden, the NBA, which is you know already making money hand over fist because it's a 365 uh, days a year coverage on that sport with, with uh, free agency and pre agency and and guys getting bored and leaving and leaving teams constantly. Um, now all of a sudden, the G League is is, is something you can watch, right? Because yep. like Zion would be there for a year. You'd be like, okay, I'm gonna watch uh, Zion play for the Red Main like lobster claws or whatever the hell the team names are. Well, right? here's, like, here's what I think. Here's why I think that won't happen mm. is that would be an open declaration of war mm-hmm. on the national college athletic association an Fair. open yeah. declaration of war. And if, if, if any commissioner is going to do it, it's Adam silver. Yeah, do it. <laughs> but if I, if, if, and I would love to see it happen. Mm-hmm. I just think that that is like, that is basically walking into the NCAA's house and just burning everything to the ground. Yeah. And you know, well, if I, if I could be behind, uh, Adam silver right now at like Emperor Palpatine, I would just be like, do it. <laughs> like, hey, so would I, but yeah, I mean, and maybe the Europe, like as you suggested, maybe the European leagues, you know, maybe it starts happening. It, like I, yeah. Well, I and like, here's what I would ask, honestly, if I'm Adam silver, I ask NBA owners, do you guys want to make more money or less money? Cause you don't get anything from the NCAA stuff, but exactly. If we had our own minor league system, you would be getting yeah. paid off that. What but do you that think? was, that was the thing Simmons suggested. If every hmm. owner pitched in like 
10 million, which, you know, every, so every owner goes to their couch cushions and pulls out right. 10, 10 million. They, they could, uh, they could, they'd have it going like, like that. Right. Yep. And then wouldn't take long. Yeah. Wouldn't take long at all. It'd certainly be interesting. Just one thing I want to add about the Zion thing, and then we'll get out of here is, um, I, I agree with you. If I were Zion and if I were him personally, or if I was in his ear and I was one of his, his good friends, unless I was on Duke and then I'd be like, please play. But, uh, <laughs> but if I, if I was just like one of, one of Zion, if I was, you know, 10 years younger and was one of his good friends, I would, as you suggest, have him sitting out. What I don't want to happen is uh, and you know this will come is any sort of hot takery or backlash or Twitter nonsense if he does play of people questioning you know just like what the hell's he doing why is he you know what what is his his dumb reason for for you know he's throwing away all this money I'd be like no if the kid wants to be out there and play because w- maybe winning a national championship means something to him which would you know that'd be pretty cool. I just I don't want all that nonsense. Uh, but obviously it, we're we're in the the hot take era, so we would get it. But uh, I just I I want it. I want to be on the record saying that I agree with you. If I were him, I wouldn't play because I don't want to cost myself the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in shoe money alone. But um, if he wanted to play, I don't want people to begrudge him for for playing. Is is the only thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that so that's it. Uh, yeah, if, if he plays King Mind, I won't hold it against him. Yeah, I would think that that makes him a bad kid. I would think that that would be a questionable mm-hmm. decision. It's, and, if, it's definitely Joey a gamble. Did it's it. a very big gamble. Yeah. Well, Joey Bosa did it, and football's mm-hmm. more dangerous sport. I get that. Yeah, but Joey Bosa said, "You know what? I'm like I don't care whether Ohio State wins the national title. I care yeah. about maximizing my chances mm-hmm. of being a top level NFL player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he cares about. Absolutely." And, and good for him because you know what, Ohio State, they don't know Joey Bosa anything, and Joey Bosa isn't Ohio State anything. Yeah, Joey Bosa is looking out for one guy, Joey Bosa. <laughs> sorry, or, Joey. No, sorry, Nick Bosa. Excuse me, Nick Bosa. I, Nick. I said Joe. I, I, I confused him. Joey the entire time. Yes, yeah, yes. But, but I, what I mean is Nick. But yeah. the, the 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 point stands, which is Nick Bosa said, you know what, I was just hurt, mm-hmm. so forget it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to instead of getting hurt again hypothetically i'm going to quit school right now and focus on rehabbing my injury and being the first pick in the nfl draft and mm-hmm. good for you hey surly only looks out for one person craig surly surly <laughs> <laughs> ah, sorry surly. Yeah, all right i always love to end on a simpsons reference um yeah uh dear john <laughs> no, i don't want to talk about dear john too sad <laughs> Oh, God, I still can't believe that's a thing. All right, uh, we'll get out of here. Um, I don't have anything formally, officially planned for the crossover podcast for next week, so uh, we'll come up with something. Maybe I'll go see that Battle Angel movie and uh, sure. and uh, talk about that. Uh, anyway, let's uh, get out of here. Craig Needles, thanks for doing this as always. Thank you. And I'll talk to you next time uh, or you're here on the crossover podcast, which will most likely be for March Madness. We'll try to keep that streak going. Take care, good sir. Sounds good. Awesome.